Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you in to Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can get me and all of my gambling picks at Undercover Greg on Twitter. Joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Matt Siegel. You probably know him as Showtime on the Twitter sphere. You can find him on Twitter at Showtime Cappers. And it is good to be with you, Matt, on a Tuesday morning. We are recording this of Thanksgiving week. Things getting pretty busy for everybody around the country. I, myself, am taking part in the busy travel week uh, tonight, actually. So I'm glad that we can get this taken care of and talk about all the big football that is taking place. Some great rivalry games in college football. NFL Week 13, believe it or not. Matt, there's a lot to talk about. Happy Turkey Day. How are we doing? What up, Greg? We are doing great. It is Thanksgiving Eve. I cannot wait to be absolutely trash tonight, Greg. And then <laughs> we wake up tomorrow, and what are we blessed with? We are blessed with a 12.30 p.m. Yes, that is right. 30 minutes earlier than the usual start time on the East Coast. NFL football game. Greg, it's a great game can we have a better game than the Lions and Bears to kick us off <laughs> on this Thanksgiving Thursday? Like, right. Greg, I don't even want the Niners and Rams and Ravens game this 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 Sunday. Forget that game. I'm all over the Bears and and, and Lions game. I will be glued to the TV for this one. <laughs> yeah, God, what a what a riveting game between Mitch Trubisky and Jeff Driscoll leading their respective offenses and. One team fresh off of a loss to the Washington Redskins and another team's been uh, a season-long disappointment in the NFC North. But, hey, you play with the card in front of you and you try and find the value wherever it may lie. All tickets cash the same. Uh, unfortunately, we're, due to when in the week we're recording this, we're not going to be able to talk any college basketball. But I do just want to say, very underrated part of this week is how much it's feast week in college basketball. There are so many good games 
And we already saw a big upset with Virginia Tech beating Michigan State. And I'm fired up to see my Temple Owls play Maryland on Thanksgiving morning before the football game start. Just something that, again, look at our Twitters. Um, Matt, I don't know if you'll be on college basketball the rest of the week, but I certainly will be. Yeah, no, I definitely will be. College basketball, NBA, NHL, um, all of it. I mean, I, I, I've, I've, I've been crushing hoops. I've been crushing NHL. Knock on wood, I hope that good fortune continues for, for me and my followers this week. I will certainly be on all of them, but today's discussion, we are focusing strictly on the pigskin college ranks and professional ranks. So let's get right to it. And most weeks we would start with the college ranks, given that Saturday is the big college football day and Sunday is the big NFL day. But with three games on the schedule for Turkey Day, we're going to start in the NFL. And Matt mentioned it. We have a riveting game to start us off. 1230 Eastern time, the Chicago Bears visiting the Motor City Kitties. That's right, the Detroit Lions hosting the Bears. Lions, a two-and-a-half-point home dog, total of 38-and-a-half in this one. Uh, 11.30 a.m. Central Time kick, so maybe some uh, maybe some tired players uh, still waking up to start the game. I don't know. We'll see. But, Matt, uh, I think we both kind of are looking at this game and maybe expecting it to be boring, but uh, that means you can maybe cash some tickets uh, if you see where I'm going, Matt, you take us away on this one to start. Greg, I have a four pack on this game. I actually have four plays that I like. They're as like as all as one unit plays a piece, not even leans. You can lock these in as one unit plays. Bears going under five straight games. The same cannot be said for the Lions who have uh, went under the total two of the last three, but only two of the last five. But the Lions have been pathetic the last four games. Now, granted, we understand that's due to a lot of starting quarterback Matthew Stafford being injured, but that's just how how, how this league works. So Stafford goes down. They've now lost four straight, 0-5 against the spread in their last five. The Bears are 1-4 against the spread in their last five. The one cover, Greg, came at home against this Detroit Lions team where the Bears won 20 to 13. That game took place about three weeks ago. I really don't think anything changes, Greg. I think we see a very, very similar game where the Bears win a low scoring game. Bears defense gives the Lions offense trouble. The Bears offense gives their own offense trouble and they're limited. And I think both offenses are limited here and I truthfully if the score landed 20 to 13 once again I actually would not be shocked I'm playing first half under 19 total points I'm playing full game under 40 total points along with I'm playing Lions first half under seven and a half and I'm playing Lions that's a team total and I'm playing Lions full game team total under 18. I really think, you know, I think the Bears are bad, but one thing that's been good for them is, is their defense, and I don't see the Lions getting it going at the early start on Turkey Day at 11.30 a.m. against this Bears defense. I really don't see it. And on the flip side, I don't see the Bears scoring over 21 points, which is why I still like the under first half and the under full game. I mean, look at this. The Bears' last five games total points, 19 7 20, 14, 16. So in the last five games. And, and one of those not, games, I'll add, was against the Lions. One of the, yeah, where they won 20 to 13, which I was discussing earlier. So, you know, they haven't broken the 20 mark. And that one game they did was against the Lions in their last five games. You know, and, and they actually have only broken 21 points. Twice this year, they scored 25 against the Saints and 31 on the road against the Redskins. So otherwise, they've been held under 21 points every single game this season. Uh, but with their team total sitting at 19 and a half, I, I, I'm not playing that. I'm more so playing this play and I'm backing the Bears defense and the Bears pathetic offense. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm sorry, that was the Bears team total you said sitting at 19 and a half? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's actually the way I want to look in this game. And I also am going to lean to the full game under as well. My concern on this game is I don't know what kind of Lions team we're going to see. 
because it's possible that, I mean, obviously we know both these teams aren't going to the playoffs, but it's possible that we see a Lions kind of one last hurrah, division rival, just lost to them, Thanksgiving game. Uh, it's possible the Lions get up for this game and play well. It's also possible that the Lions, after just losing to the Redskins, are about to tap out on the entire season. So that makes me have no feel for the side and pass it. What I do like, though, is the Bears to go under their team total because I don't, as for a lot of the reasons you just alluded to, I don't really have any faith in the Chicago offense. And that, to me, is the most predictable unit about this game. Like I said, the Lions, I'm not really sure what we're seeing from them on Thanksgiving morning, I guess, to start in Detroit. So I don't really want a piece of the Lions plus the points, or if anything, I don't even know that I want the full game under because I am I would be slightly concerned that we do get that one last hurrah type effort from the Lions and, and they account for 75% of the total and this game's a blowout. So I think the the way that I'm looking at is to, I'm going to play that team total under uh, for the Chicago Bears uh, full game. But again, just a unit play, um, only really angle that I saw in this game. But I, I still do like it enough to put a unit on it. So that's probably where I'm going for the first game of the Thanksgiving card. Uh, anything, let's move forward and I guess briefly discuss the second game. I know that it doesn't seem like either one of us have anything strong here. Buffalo Bills, six and a half point road underdog at the Dallas Cowboys, total 45. Matt, anything you want? I, I, I do want to add one comment on this game, but I'll let you go first. Anything on this game that you want to say? Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think we can all agree that this and all by us too, and even the listeners out there, that this is not the most appealing Thanksgiving uh, card, you know, even unless you're a fan, obviously, of one of these teams. And it doesn't get much better with the night game and Saints and Falcons with how pathetic the Falcons have been. But hey, may, but sometimes the Falcons have had exciting games, even though they have have had a shitty season. They They have tend to play some exciting games. So maybe we see a little exciting one with them and the Saints later divisional matchup. But... To stick with what you said, you know, the Bills, I truthfully believe, are one of the fakest A and three teams I have ever seen. Uh, and And I'd argue that this line indicates that, right? Um y- yes, yes and no, because at the same time, the Cowboys the Cowboys really haven't looked amazing, you know, and, and obviously everyone's making a big stink about the Jerry Jones comments this week and that you know, they, they traveled to Fox, bro, and, and lost by four points. So I understand it was an upsetting loss. They didn't get in the end zone. But that's one of the closer games that the Patriots have played all year, if not the, the, the closest game in which the Patriots won, other than the game where the Patriots played the Bills and, and the Bills played the Patriots tough. So I thought that was a pretty good effort from the Cowboys, being that they were underdogs and, you know, weren't supposed to win that game. And otherwise... You know, the disappointment really came when they dropped that game at home against the Vikings. I think that was really the disappointing loss for the Cowboys. You know, after blowing out the Eagles and then after blowing out the Giants, they come home and they lose that game against the Vikings. I think that really was the disappointment. However, I do think on uh, not Christmas Day, excuse me, on Thanksgiving Day, I think the Cowboys write the ship. I think they definitely come away with a W here, as I do think they're superior to the Bills, and I don't think the Bills scare them one bit. However, laying seven points to a team that has a defense like the Bills right. and that has been running like the Bills, and with the Cowboys you know, trying to reestablish the run, I, I don't know if I would necessarily be laying seven here. Uh, either way, personally, because I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys blew them out or I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys won, you know, 20 to 16 and it was a small low scoring uh right. slow low scoring game so it's a stay away as of right now for me the one angle i lean is i lean cowboys first half as i think they do come home on thanksgiving afternoon after that loss in foxborough and i do think they come out hungry but i can't back seven for the full game that, that's just that's just a little too much too much in my opinion yeah, I I am going lean to under with... lean under here as well. Sorry, to, sorry. To... No, I, I sure no no problem at all. I'm going to agree with a lot of the things you said there about the side. Another tricky one 
and I mentioned that I would have the slightest of leans towards the Lions in the first game. I really have no lean here. I mean, I, I like I said, I do think that the kind of uh, flukiness of the Bills record is accounted for in this point spread when you're seeing them be, you know, six and a half point dogs on the road against the Dallas team that, as you said, really hasn't been that impressive. I mean, gosh, let's go back two months ago when the Cowboys were 3-0 and and there was all this talk about how they were the class of the NFC and, uh, you know, it was, it was like, let's slow down a minute here. They beat the Eli Manning-led Giants, the Washington Redskins, and the Miami Dolphins. And, and sure enough, the Cowboys have certainly came back down to earth. And as crazy as it sounds, the Philadelphia Eagles still alive in the NFC East, very much so at that. Uh, but my angle here that I am going to be looking at, and I haven't quite decided what the exact prop will be, but I'm going to look to play a Josh Allen under prop. Uh, and whether it's passing yards, uh, maybe rushing yards, uh, touchdowns, I, I, that I haven't decided yet. But my reasoning is you have a guy that played his college football at the University of Wyoming, which obviously is a school that's not often in the spotlight. And then his rookie season last year with the Bills, there weren't a whole lot of high-profile big games, right? I mean, the Bills last season were a run-of-the-mill bad team. Like, there's teams like the 2018 Buffalo Bills every year, and you never even think about them that much. So now you have the Bills at 8-3. and And I know that Josh Allen at times has been pretty fun to watch, but I think that Buffalo goes into this game and looks to establish the ground attack and keep the Dallas offense off the field. Uh, especially after seeing Sony Michelle start to look like the Sony Michelle of years prior with the New England Patriots last week. He had 20 carries for 85 yards against Dallas. So I think that Buffalo comes in and tries to just get the game to the fourth quarter. Like you said, Matt, you know, maybe we do see like a 20 to 16 Dallas win, something like that. So therefore, I am going to be looking to play a probably passing yards under for Josh Allen. Yeah, uh, I, I, I could see that as well. You know, Dallas defense has actually been pretty good. You know, I haven't been a big fan of Josh Allen all year. Another good angle, uh, if you do like that, could potentially be, you know, play his number one receiver, John Brown, under well, also in, under under. Under yards as well. That's another way, you know, to kind of bet against Josh Allen, but at the same time, limit one player because obviously John Brown's been his go-to guy. But it's 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 just frankly not a game that I am. My eyes are lighting up to bet. Now let's move to the night game, Greg. Where where are your leans at? In the, yeah, where's your head at the night game? So first off, thanks for nothing, Falcons last week. Bit of a square pick in hindsight, but. Uh, I lost on them against Tampa. Thought yeah, as they, did I. Yeah, thought they were kind of on the on the way back, and you know, the minute you you know, it, in high, yeah, it, I'm sure that other people were selling high and good for them. But anyway, so now the Falcons come in at two and seven, and they host the New Orleans Saints. They're touchdown dogs at home, forty eight and a half the total in this game, and. Uh, actually, I believe this number has been bet up to seven. I, I don't think it opened at seven. And the angle I'm looking at is going to be another team total, and I'm going to take the Falcons team total under. Simply because, remember what happened when these two teams played at the Superdome? Uh, I guess it would have been two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whenever it was, earlier in November. Atlanta goes in there, and they win it 26-9. to One of the more surprising results of the NFL season so far. Not just Atlanta winning, but Atlanta was, I believe, a two-touchdown underdog in that game. And they win it outright, and there's really never any sweat. They were up 13-6 at half, up 13-9 after three quarters, and then scored 13 points in the fourth to salt it away. So I think you're going to see a Saints team uh, that normally responds well. They did after this very game, went to Tampa Bay and beat the Bucks pretty easily. And so I think you're going to see a Saints team, uh, especially defense, uh, come out with a little bit of an edge, fired up to kind of put this game away early and never let the crowd get involved. 
while the Falcons did score 26 points in that game in the Superdome, they only had 317 total yards. So for, for comparison, they outgained New Orleans 317 to 310. So, and New Orleans only scored nine points in that game. So this has me thinking that Falcons team total under is a good investment. Yards per play was actually won by the Saints in that game, 4.9 to 4.5. Neither one of those is all that good. So the Saints defense uh, really in this first game didn't play that poorly. Uh, The offense just didn't really support them. And I think that you also saw some long field goals go in for Atlanta. Just some things in that game where, you know, if, if, for example, if they are to only have 317 yards again, they're not going to score 26 points. So I like the Falcons team total under. Yeah, no pushback for me here, Greg. I personally have, you know, I have no opinion on this. And this game just, this Falcons team, it's just like, you know, they get blown out to the Rams. They don't cover then they're getting blown out to the seat. This, by the way, this is five weeks back. I'm just bringing you on the on the five on the past five games of the Falcons. Then they're getting blown out to the Seahawks and somehow, you know, make a miraculous comeback. I believe they were down 23-24-0 at half, and they end up only losing 20 to 27, and they cover that plus seven and a half by a hook. Then they go on the road and beat the Saints team, and then oh yeah, well then they had a bye, and then after their bye, they go on the road back to back games. It'll win outright as a two-touchdown dog at Saints and then beat the Panthers. So effectively they beat the top two teams in their yeah, division. They, then they, they you know, and then they Panthers. Yeah, and then they come at come back at home and lose to the worst team in their division. So, you know, that is as buy low, sell high scenario as it really yeah. gets on the Falcons. And, you know, obviously the Saints have pretty much been a runaway train, except for that little hiccup they had at home against the Falcons. So I would like to think that the Saints are going to want to revenge their loss here. And let's be real. What are the two goals of these teams? The Falcons aren't making the playoffs, right? So the Falcons would prefer, you know, I'm not saying they go out and try to lose, but let's be real. You know, uh, a loss helps them more than a win does. And what are the Saints trying to do? The Saints are, you know, they are chasing the Niners. They are one game back of the Niners, and they understand for the number one seed in the NFC, and they understand the Niners have a very tough game traveling across the country at the, you know, what's the top team in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens. So the the Saints are chasing the number one seed. So this win definitely is important to them. I'm going to say that the Saints win this game, but again, another game like the Cowboys, I just don't know if I can lay seven here. Divisional opponent, they just lost to them. Now they're on the road. It's Thanksgiving. You know, weird things happen on Thanksgiving. I can't lay the seven, but I do think Saints win. Let's move forward now and go to the Sunday slate where uh, I'm going to look to a couple of short home dogs in the Sunday card. Uh, And I'll start with the Arizona Cardinals in the late afternoon window. Off a bye week uh, is Arizona. And my God, if that Rams team isn't dead after last night, then good for them. I will gladly lose this wager. But I am looking at Arizona plus three as an investment that I, I see four, by the way, Greg. So there you go. Well, even point. even better. Uh, and, and I think that and I'm with you on this one, by the way, in a divisional game with one team in Arizona. Right. Like you think about these teams. Goff is oh, pathetic. pathetic. And you think about these teams and where they're at. We all knew Arizona by Thanksgiving was going to be out of the playoff hunt. We certainly weren't sure about the Rams, although I'm very happy that they are as an under 10.5 wins ticket holder. All that said, my point is that if there's a team that I think cares more about this game and is going to treat it like there's more on the line, I think it's Arizona. I I just don't see a lot of uh, motivation and, and fire from the Rams after that beatdown they took on Monday night against Baltimore. So laying over a field goal with the Rams, no thanks. I'll take the Cardinals. Yeah, I like the Cardinals here too. I'm gonna I actually have a lot of plays this week, Greg. So I'm gonna get through my explanations a little quicker. Uh, sure. but there's a lot that I like this week. NFL and college wise when we get to the back half. But I'm taking the Bengals. Uh, yeah, I'm betting on the worst team in the NFL, 0 and eleven. Bit of a sell uh, high Andy- yet too. 
Yeah, this is a sell high on the Jets. Three straight games, over 35 points. You know, I don't, I, I just don't see it happening again. And if they prove me wrong and the Bengals keep sucking, I'm sorry. But I just think there has to be, this will be the last time I touch the Bengals if they don't cover and or win their first game here. I just think this has to be a slight little pride play for Andy Dalton. A veteran quarterback gets benched midseason. You know, now they're turning back to my understand it's 0, and 0 for 11. But if this man doesn't think he's done in the NFL and he wants a job somewhere else, he is going to go and he wants to put food on the table for his family. He is going to go out there and he is going to have a good game. I don't know how he's going to have a good game. I don't know who is going to help him have a good game. But I have some sort of faith in the veteran quarterback of Andy Dalton covering this three and a half against a Jets team in a game that I do believe is low scoring. And that's really all where the play is coming from. I just think that Andy Dalton is going to come out there with some pride and be slinging the ball. Plus, what do the Bengals really have to lose? They they, they, they don't have anything to lose. But I, I Jets coming off of three straight points of, excuse me, not 35, 30 or more, and three straight covers. Granted, they played the, the Giants and Raiders at home and on the road against the Redskins. So should, you know, on paper, should the Jets probably win this game and cover because the Bengals would be in the class of those other three, other two or two of the other three? Probably, but I think we see a pride game out of Andy Dalton here. Give me the three and a half. I really passed this game. Uh, Bengals have been a tricky team to touch, but I do see your Jets sell high play there. I'm going to keep things moving, uh, and I am going to actually, I'll get to the Sunday night game. Uh, to end my picks, but Matt, I got to tip my cap to you. First off, uh, good call on the Browns, as it looks like they are kind of pulsing their season a little bit, and also a good call. I was surprised when you said this, that you thought that Pittsburgh might be getting three points at home in the rematch. Uh, I'm seeing a plus two right now on the Steelers, and I'll be honest, uh, I am, maybe I'm a broken record, but I am going to go right back to the well with the Steelers in the rematch game. Mason Rudolph or not, I don't think it matters because he's obviously not very good. He's not Simpl- starting. He's not. There's no way he's starting. Simply put, uh, you know, and, Hodges. And, and Hodges, you know, he did win at the Chargers earlier this year. And he held down the fort for them and preserved that victory last year. Bottom line is this. The Steelers obviously aren't winning because of who's playing quarterback, whether it's Rudolph or, or Hodges. That defense continues to play well. I know it was the Bengals last week. But I think you see that defense ball out again uh, and and would obviously look to under 40 in this game as well. Uh, But terrible towels out in Pittsburgh. They're still very much in the playoff hunt. Home team getting points. uh, Divisional game hard to pass up. Uh, I think the Steelers are probably going to win this game and get a little bit of revenge. Greg, I told you. Buy high. I mean, buy low on the Steelers. I said buy this this $2 stock in three weeks. It's going to go going to go up to five dollars Craig let me tell you I sit here on we record Tuesday November 26th it's 10 37 in the a.m. we're recording and 19 seconds I sit here I tell you the Cleveland Browns are going to win their final five games of the season Greg and they are going to enter the playoffs on an eight game winning streak oh dude I I am sitting here nine wins I am sitting here telling you this as I am holding an under nine and a half win ticket and that includes, yes, they will beat the Ravens at home. And they will have a sweep of the Ravens this season. The Ooh. Cleveland Browns will end up being doubling down. I, I am, I'm, Greg, I'm so confident. I'm actually more confident that the Browns will beat the Ravens in that game than the Browns will go on the road and beat the Cardinals the game before. If the Browns are to lose one of these five games in December, let me tell you, it's going to be at the hands of Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. So but, you, 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 is this easy peasy lemon squeezy for them this week against Pittsburgh? Oh, no, 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 no. No such thing as easy peasy lemon squeezy when you got the Browns and you got Cleveland. I actually... I'm actually personally not playing the Browns in this game. I'm playing the under in this game, under 40. I think sure. we see... Another similar close, hard-fought game, just like we did the first time around. Uh, I lean the Browns. Yeah, physical. I lean the Browns, but I just simply can't, you know, I can't play the Browns because I just can't, I can't continue to ride them. We've seen so many times this year, teams on hot streaks, you know, the the buy low, sell high. This would would really be a buy low on Steelers, sell high on Browns. So I can't, I can't go against my own, my own uh, methods of my madness. But and, and let's not forget, they did blow out the Dolphins last week. And, I mean, they, they kind of let up in the second half. 
Now, that was really after they had the game won, but let's also not forget, they are missing Miles Garrett. The Steelers did insert a new quarterback, which generally sometimes gives new life into an offense. And again, we spoke about this three weeks ago, to, uh, assuming that the Browns won those three games in a row. This essentially, whoever wins and loses this game knocks the other out of the, of the wild card contention. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Steelers are very much in the wild card contention if they can win this game. And so are the Browns, with the Browns playing the Bengals two times out of their final four games. So whoever wins this is right in the wild card contention. I do lean Browns, but I like the under as a better play. But mark my words, Greg, I swear I would not be surprised if the Browns are sitting coming into that game against Baltimore Ravens at home as the hottest team in the NFL off of six straight wins. Let's keep things moving. Where are you going next in the National Football League Week 13? Greg, I'm actually going to keep us in the AFC North, and I am finally ready to hop on the train. Give me me a first-class ticket. I want the Lamar Jackson show. I want the Ravens. Minus five and a half, a very key number here. I don't want this to get to six or higher. I'm booking it at five and a half. I don't care about the Niners' defensive line. Look, I understand their defensive line is better than the Rams, but look what the Ravens did to the Rams' defensive line. Absolutely neutralized it. Their offensive line pancaked them all game long. It wasn't even close, Greg. 45-6. to Lamar Jackson, 8 carries, 95 yards. Mark Ingram, 15 carries, 111 yards. Gus Edwards, 14 for 55. Jay Hill, I don't even know who his first name is. 8 carries for 27 yards. Justice Hill out of Oklahoma State. Whatever. (laughs) We could have put you out there and you would have averaged probably 3 or 4 yards a carry. All right, right, settle down. And this Ravens team, until I see otherwise, how can you bet against them and how can you not go against them? 45, 41, 49, God, It's historic, 30, the cover streak that they're on five, and the amount that they're doing it by. It's absurd. Five straight games over 30 points, four straight games over 37. Greg, I believe between their past two games, they had one punt. I read a stat yesterday, Greg. They rushed the ball 48 times. 45 times did they get positive yards on their rushing attempts. You know the other three, Greg? They were the three kneel downs by RG3 at the end of the game. I rest my case. Ravens minus five and a half. This could be an upgraded play. Two units. And you can book it. The Ravens won't lose this game. Yeah, I'll just get in quickly. I I am not on this yet. Uh, but I'm considering it for one unit. It was a good handicap by you. It's Ravens or pass here. I think that a lot of people are going to be tempted to take that many points with the 49ers uh, with Baltimore on a short week. But uh, this is one of those fishy little trap type lines where I think uh, you're you're walking into a trap if you take the 49ers. I, I'd like the Ravens as well. I'm going to go to Sunday Night Football, though, and go to uh, H-Town and look to the home team getting three, the Houston Texans, for another play. Now, I haven't been, in, and still I'm not a big Texans guy, but a bit of a system play here with a team coming off of extended rest, the Texans having played on Thursday night last week against Indianapolis, getting the win. Uh, I guess the only concern here is this is Bill Belichick against one of his assistants prior, and that is uh, Bill O'Brien. Uh, but that said, uh we all saw the Patriots offense on Sunday against Dallas, right? And nothing nothing really has changed with New England and, and the way that they play. Elite, elite defense, and quite frankly, a below-average offense. And so when I think about Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller's back. He had a big game against Indianapolis. We saw DeAndre Hopkins go off as well. I think there's going to be enough firepower here for Houston to score more than Dallas did last week, obviously assuming better conditions as well. Therefore, uh, you know, I think in some ways, not saying this is going to be the Patriots-Ravens game all over again in terms of a Sunday night blowout loss for New England, but the Ravens provided the blueprint. If you possess the football and make them earn their points and not gift them any points with defensive scores or or turnovers that give their offense a short field, the Patriots are going to struggle. So I do like a plus three on Texans for sure. Yeah, Greg, I'm all over this with you. And give give me a little bit of that plus 150 money line. I think Texans uh, win this game outright. We've seen the Patriots, I think this is the word I'm going to use, skate by. The the Eagles and Cowboys had multiple, multiple chances to 
tie the game, take the lead, win the game. I mean, the Eagles were up 10-0 in the first quarter, and the Patriots, you know, just skated by. And these were two, quote-unquote, skated by wins after the loss to the Ravens. I definitely think the Texans are better than the Eagles and the Cowboys. They're definitely worse than the Ravens. I don't think the Texans and Deshaun Watson miss out on those opportunities, and I don't know if Brady and that offense has enough firepower to score. Well, I mean, let's let's be real. They've they've scored 20 points, 17 and 13 in the past three games. So yes, the defense has been great, and yes, we understand it's still Tom Brady, but they haven't. They frankly they haven't been putting up gaudy numbers. And I I like the Texans coming off a big home win against the Colts. I think the Texans at home understand how important this game is, and I think they just I think they come out and get the job done. I really do. Didn't have to travel. Patriots traveling. I, I like the plus three. I like the money line here. That's it for my NFL picks. I'll let you wrap things up. What else, yeah. what else do you have for week 13? I, I'm going to run through it. I put together a little three-team parlay, as I like to do, with some big favorites. You know, get them down to lower odds. I put together the Panthers. Uh, you know, Panthers at home against the Redskins. I don't see them losing that game. Eagles on the road against Dolphins. I don't see them losing that game. Chiefs at home against Raiders. Don't see them losing that game. Especially Chiefs. You know, that's a... You know, they're 10-point spread, but that's a, that's a big game. If they lose that game, they're now tied with the Raiders in the division. Yeah, and, and another thing on that Chiefs game, uh, we know this as Eagles fans for years. Andy Reid coming out of the bye is one of the better coaches to back off byes. One, one of the better, and this ties into my plays. This is something similar I've talked about in college football. I'm playing all three of these teams on the first half line. I think all three of these teams understand the importance of this game. One, the Eagles trying to right the ship and understand that – you know they 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 can um you know they can't still lose one game. they it's can't lose they, they 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 well they can they just got to keep pace with Dallas so they're one game back and they still play Dallas so you know basically they got to win five in a row I I mean yes ultimately probably yes but at the end of the day they just got to keep pace with Dallas and beat that Dallas game and let's be real this is the Dolphins Dolphins are going for the number one pick. They will probably give the Eagles a fight, but they're not going to. Number gonna one picks becoming quite an interesting race. Redskins win last yeah, week. Yeah, 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 it really is. But so I'm playing the Eagles on the first half. I think they write the ship here. They cut Jordan Matthews. Interesting note, which makes me believe that hopefully Alshon Jeffrey will be back getting Carson yeah. Wentz a, a, another target. I truthfully don't think Carson Wentz is the problem. I think the wideouts are the problem. And Eagles defense has been playing outstanding. So. Eagles cover first half, and Eagles win the game. Panthers, you know, we've seen them play great games. This is the Redskins. Redskins are absolutely pathetic. They they caught a Lions team. They got lucky. Panthers losing three straight games. They're going to come home. They're going to right the ship, and they're going to they're gonna cover the first half. Christian McCaffrey's going to have his way with that Redskins defense. That's, that's for sure. Cover first half and win the game. And same with the Chiefs here, right? This game's important. Like I just said, the Raiders would actually be in first place if they won this game. I, I expect to see a Patrick Mahomes, uh, a full, full healthy Patrick Mahomes here off a of bye week. I expect to see Tyree kill back off the bye week. Chiefs are a full go. This is go time for them. They see the Ravens picking it up. They see the Patriots keeping pace. You know, the Chiefs got to keep pace, right? They, 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 they got to win this game. They got to stay first in the division. They're going to be up by at least a touchdown or more at half, and they're going to win this game. I have one more play on NFL, and this is actually the Monday night game. I'm laying the, the, the money line here. Seahawks minus 150. I'm done doubting Russell Wilson, and I'm just done doubting this Seahawks team. And why am I playing the money line? Because the Seahawks play close games, so it wouldn't shock me if they won this game by three or less. But home, prime time, Monday night football, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, I, do I need to say more, Greg? Give me the Seahawks on the money line, minus 150. Yeah, I like that Seattle money line play. I, I agree with you about not taking, not laying the points because Seattle has played a lot of close games, and we know Russell Wilson in prime time is money in the bank. And, you know, I am holding a uh, Seattle to win the NFC West ticket, so I will certainly be rooting for that play. Let's go to the college ranks now uh, where – there are a lot of fun rivalry games, Ohio State-Michigan, the Iron Bowl between Alabama and Auburn with some big implications. This is a fun week to wrap up the regular season in college football. I'm actually going to start with a game that I like on Black Friday, uh, actually two Black Friday plays. First off, real quick, a uh, bit of a system play for the final week of college football regular season. Always look, to look at those teams that are on five wins, trying to get to six, and I see Kent State as a five-and-a-half-point road underdog at Eastern Michigan. Kent State in the MAC, 
uh, has won back-to-back games to get from three wins to five. So they're coming in with some momentum to try and get bowl eligible, and they're getting five and a half points on the road. So I will be on the Golden Flashes. And another play on Friday night college football for me is going to be the Memphis Tigers. This is going to be another one of those lines where it just feels trappy and it feels so easy to run to the window with Cincinnati plus 11 on the road at Memphis in what could be a rematch of next week in the American Athletic Conference championship game. But uh, Memphis needs to win this game to win the American West as SMU is right on its heels. Cincinnati, by virtue of a victory over Temple last week, locked up the American Athletic Conference East Division. So there's no motivation really at all for Cincinnati here and a lot of motivation for Memphis. Uh, I'm going to lay the double digits with the home favorite in the Memphis Tigers. So those are a pair of my college plays to get us started on the college gridiron. No pushback from me, Greg. I My first plays are coming on Saturday, so you can continue if you have any pre-Saturday. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I'll, I'll go right to uh, two of the big rivalry games. Uh, I suppose that I'll save the Iron Bowl, actually, for the second of the two. But I, I'm going to go to the Paul, the battle for Paul Bunyan's axe, and that's the Wisconsin Badgers visiting the Minnesota Golden Gophers, and I'm going to play Wisconsin here, just a team that I trust more. I mean, listen, we've seen Minnesota now the last couple of weeks. Yes, they did win against Penn State, but that Iowa game to me was telling, and, and they lost to Iowa in convincing fashion. I'm not sure Minnesota is ready for this moment where they can win this game at home and go to the Big Ten championship game. Uh, the winner of this game is going to win the Big Ten West, and I think the odds makers are saying, as much as I am, that they don't believe in Minnesota installing Wisconsin as a two-and-a-half-point favorite here. Uh, Wisconsin, the team that's been through the ringer before, and they've been winning games by considerable margins of late. I know they haven't really played any top-notch opponents the last few weeks. All of that said... I do like the Badgers to go to Minneapolis and come out with a victory. And it would be a disappointing end to the season for the Gophers to not even make the Big Ten West Championship. But that's where I think this is headed. I, this is headed. I like Wisconsin minus two and a half. Yeah, Greg, I looked at this game. I, I don't hate it. But with two teams, you know, that how they started the season and how they recently have played, I ultimately decided to pass on this game. It just wasn't a game I, I, I wanted a piece in. But I wish you the best. And if I were to play it, I would definitely be playing Wisconsin. I would not be playing Minnesota. Wisconsin was my lean, but I decided to lay off. All right, Matt, let's keep things moving. Uh, I'll let you chime in now with a college pick of your own. What do you like uh, for this uh, Thanksgiving weekend in college football? Yeah, so I guess I, you know, I got to apologize. I kind of lied to you earlier. I, I didn't realize that the Texas Longhorns down in Austin are playing the noon on Friday. I, I thought it was noon on Saturday. My mistake. Noon on Friday, you know, I guess due to Thanksgiving me on Thursday, most people, you know, won't be attending work on Friday, uh, Black Friday and everything. But nonetheless, give me under 64 in this Texas game. Texas has gone under the total three straight games. Frankly, their offense has just looked abysmal. Early it's start. Been- it's an early start. It's a one short day rest for both teams. Honestly, both of these teams have severely underachieved this year. Both teams playing for really nothing. And honestly, both teams probably really don't even want to be playing this game. Yeah. This is an easy this is an easy under under 64 play for me, you know, with with the total of Texas going well under 64 points in their past three games them nor their opponent have broken the 30 point mark in their past three so I, I, I you know I also lean text on the spread here but give me the under 64 I like that play a lot do you have, you want to get in another one because I I do want to go to the Iron Bowl on Saturday if not uh yeah I mean I'm I have a play in the Iron Bowl as well so you can just take us there and then and then we'll chop it up okay I like the Auburn Tigers I already bet them at plus four and a half. I think it's probably at plus four, plus three and a half now. But I'll tell you what, I, I, I am looking, and I'll see how my week week goes before I officially lock this in. But I, I truly believe Auburn wins this game, and I'm going to look to the Auburn money line as well. Auburn is the best three-loss team in the country. They have losses at Florida by 11, at home against Georgia by seven, and at home against LSU by three. I mean... That's three top 15 teams that they lost to. So, you know, and and we like to talk down on Alabama. 
for you know a bad strength of schedule. Well, Auburn clearly, and, and they played Oregon non-conference and beat them. So Auburn is a team that I want to buy uh, better than their record indicates. And, um, you know, that LSU game was in Baton Rouge, and, and they almost went in there and won the game. So, uh, Matt, I know you've been high on Auburn at different points throughout the year. The only concern, the, always last, you know, last week of the regular season, bowl games, we're thinking about motivation. And while Auburn isn't going to play for an SEC title this year, I mean, it's the Iron Bowl. Like, of course, you're going to get juiced up for your opponent here. And I do think that this is correlated to the under. I'm going to look to play under 51 as well. I think this is pretty simple. If you like Auburn, you got to like the under. If you like Alabama, you're probably going to like the over because we know that Auburn is a traditional Auburn team this year where, you know, Bo Nix is starting to find his way. But when Auburn wins, the games are normally pretty low scoring. And Alabama, on the other hand, I mean, it feels weird to say, but they kind of play like a Pac-12, Big 12 team this year where they play a lot of track meet games, a lot of high scoring games. So if you like Alabama, I think you have to play the over as well. But I like Auburn and the under. Yeah, Greg, I'm all over Auburn, plus three and a half. Give me the money line here. This is, uh, and give me the money line as well. Yeah, I said it. This is Auburn's season, right? We understand they'll play a bowl game, but let me tell you, one, this is a rivalry. Two, this is a huge rivalry. Three, they have a chance to knock Alabama out of the college football playoffs, which is something we've never seen before. Right, because two years ago, they were in this very spot, and um, Auburn beat Alabama. Alabama did not play in the SEC championship game, but Alabama still got into the college football playoff. That will not happen if Auburn beats Alabama this year. That will most certainly not happen, and Alabama can kiss its ticket goodbye. And honestly, I almost want to play Alabama just because, you know, I don't know what would happen to the world if they don't make the college football playoffs. But nonetheless, I am rolling with the Auburn Tigers here, which somehow makes me think that the Alabama Crimson Tide is going to win this game by three or less and then, you know, get into the college football playoffs as, as they have every single year. But nonetheless, I'm playing three and a half and probably will sprinkle on the money line. You hit it on the nail, Greg. I mean, Auburn has three losses, but who are those losses to? I mean, they are to other great teams in the country, they are to Georgia, they are to LSU, and they are to Florida. Three other great SEC teams, two of which were on the road in a three-week span. That was Florida and LSU. And Georgia, I understand, was at home, but Georgia is still a great team. And it just goes to show that Auburn has two of their three losses are two teams that are that are pro- potentially going to make the college football playoffs. So, Plus three and a half is a strong play here. If you got it four and a half like Greg did, even a stronger play. I, I love it. I'm going to keep things moving and go back to the American Athletic Conference. And I am looking to the SMU Mustangs as a shorter home favorite than I thought they would be. And that's why I'm playing them. Minus three and a half at home against Tulane. I mentioned Memphis needing to win the game against Cincinnati to get to the American Athletic Conference Championship. That's because SMU, the Ponies, are right on the Tigers' heels. And this is a Tulane team that I simply just don't want to back. Tulane has lost back-to-back games uh, against Temple and Central Florida. And that UCF game was more lopsided than the 34-31 score indicates. After three quarters, Central Florida had a 31-17 lead over the uh Green Wave and Tulane got a backdoor cover at the very end of the game. So uh, I feel for you if you had UCF minus the six and a half. Uh, all of that said, uh, Tulane, uh, I, I, a team that had a decent season, but it appears as if things have leveled off a little bit for the Green Wave, whereas SMU needs this game and a Memphis loss to play for a conference title. So I'll lay the three and a half with the Ponies. Yeah, no pushback from me there, Greg. I'm actually going to take us to the Big Ten, and I'm going to take us to probably behind the Iron Bowl. I'm going to take us probably behind the Iron Bowl. You know, Greg, let's let's settle down there. Let's, let's settle down. Uh, I'm actually not playing Ohio State on the first half, Greg. I am cashing out 
We went 10-1 and one on the season. Sure. The only one first half we didn't cash was against, ironically, the worst team in the Big Ten, one of the worst teams in the country, Rutgers. Nonetheless, 10-1 and one on one singular play that I told you guys 11 weeks ago that we were playing all year. I would say that's pretty damn good. But enough of that. Let's get to the winners, right, Matt? So I am playing the Michigan Wolverines plus nine points here, Greg. Full game. Just like we spoke about Auburn's Super Bowl, this is Michigan's Super Bowl. This is Mr. Harbaugh. What do you got for us? You want a job next year? You want to be employed? Can you win this game? Can you knock off Ohio State? Can you I potentially- think he's okay if he loses now, though. They've turned their season around a good bit. No, by the way, just a comment. I, I do think so as well, but let's, let's also let's just, let's just put it out there that obviously if they won this Ohio State game, there would be no discussion whatsoever. Sure, but, I do, but, yeah. but, but before that, I do think he's good as well. As, they, as Not only they turn their season around, they're 4-0 in their last four games and 5-0 and against the spread in their last five. So turn the season around is an understatement, playing that close game at Penn State, and then obviously coming at home with a big win against rival Notre Dame. Honestly, once they had that blowout win, he probably saved his season, right? Because that was just a tremendous win. Uh, yeah, against the rival, absolutely. Yeah, and and three three straight Big Ten Big Ten games, two of which on the road, one and cover all three of them, scoring 38, 44, and 39. Uh, you know, Shea Patterson in this offense is clicking on all cylinders. I understand this Ohio State defense is a different animal, but they've played, you know, a close game last week against Penn State, which was the first true good defensive test we've seen them play. So now, and that was at home. So now they play a comparable defense to Penn State recently as Michigan has been, but now they're traveling on the road. And like I said, this is Michigan's Super Bowl. I think they're going to get up for it. Give me the nine points here. I ultimately think that Ohio State does come away with a victory, but I, I could see this being a touchdown or less game for sure. Yeah, Matt, I like this play a good deal, actually. Another thing here, and I know that it's Michigan, so you, you do think that Ohio State is going to come fired up. But I think aren't we all in agreement that if even if Ohio State were to lose this game, if they win the Big Ten next week, they're going to make the college football playoff, right? Yes, if they lose this game and win the Big Ten championship, yes, as a one-loss Big Ten champion, they still make the college football playoffs, yes. Right, right. So in a weird way, if there's ever a time that – and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if there's ever a time that Harbaugh beats Ohio State, like it kind of lines up here. So – uh, I do like your play, though, a lot, a plus nine, and it's something that I could probably uh, see myself on come Saturday. Um, I want to uh, wrap things up on my end. Uh, I, I have two more games, actually, that I want to talk about, and I'll get to both of them. In-state rivalry games, I'm taking. Uh, I'm going to look at both dogs. Uh, NC State uh, at home against North Carolina. I know NC State has not been a team that you want to back with your hard-earned cash the last few weeks, uh, really for a while now. They've been horrible, uh, blown out by Clemson, blown out by Wake Forest, lose by 14 to Louisville, lose to lowly Georgia Tech last week, blown out by Boston College before that. But North Carolina playing for bowl eligibility and NC State welcoming in their in-state rivals to perhaps uh, you know, make this their last game and prevent them from getting bowl eligible – I think you see NC State get up a little bit more for this game. They nearly got that win against Georgia Tech, so I think the fact that they were close also adds to them playing hard here, uh, getting over a touchdown. I like the Wolfpack plus eight, and then similar kind of handicap in terms of an in-state rival that hasn't been playing well, but I think will get up in this game, and I'm going to look to an even bigger home dog, and that is the Oregon State Beavers against the Oregon Ducks. I question seriously if Oregon is going to get back up after the loss to Arizona State. Oregon eliminated from college football playoff discussion now. And, you know, they could still win the Pac-12, but this game doesn't really... I, 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 I don't see this game having an impact on Oregon either way. Uh, therefore, I look at Oregon State with five wins needing this game to get bowl eligible Oregon already has the Pac-12 North locked up. So the only real thing that Oregon's concerned about now is winning the Pac-12. It's a steep number to lay with the Ducks, 19 and a half. 
I think Oregon State, this is a civil war, another good rivalry game that you see the last weekend of the regular season. Uh, I like Oregon State plus 19.5. So Oregon State plus 19.5. My mistake, by the way, um, this game is in Eugene, not Corvallis. So I misspoke. Uh, NC State, a home dog. Oregon State on the road. But I do think that they keep it close with Oregon. Yeah, no pushback uh, from me, Greg. I'm actually going to stay in the Big Ten, though. I'm actually also going to even stay in the state of Michigan. Give me Michigan State Spartans minus 11 and a half. I'm seeing for the first half. Um, this Maryland team, the wheels fell off real quick, right? You know, open up the season with a 79 win against Syracuse. 79 0 win, and then a 63 to 20 win, and then it was really just downhill from there. They, you know, they started the season 2 0, and they've been 1 7 ever since. 0 5 in their last five, 0 4 against the spread in their last four. Just getting absolutely blown out, Greg, scoring seven against Nebraska, 14 Ohio State, seven against Michigan, 10 against Minnesota. Just not putting up much points. And for a Michigan State team who came in the last week on the road against Rutgers, 0-4 straight up and 0-4 against the spread, they do what they're supposed to do. They take care of business against Rutgers, and they and they won the game. And this is just a Michigan State team that I think to put a, a you know a button on their disappointing season. Uh, I believe six games is bowl eligibility. Correct, Greg? Yes. So they're five and six on the season. Obviously, this. Uh, win would make them six and six, me- meaning that they have a 500 season. They're not below 500, and they're bowl eligible. So I think they get up and out to an early lead, and I think they can be up by you know at least uh, a touchdown and two field goals, which would be 13, or two touchdowns, which would be 14, and cover that 11 and a half at, at the at the break. Where are we wrapping up? I think you mentioned you we t- just talked about Oregon uh, in the Pac-12. I think you said you like Utah so, against Colorado. Yeah, so I have a few more plays. Um, I'm actually going to take you to the to the noon plays. I'm playing oh, Clemson. Sure. Yeah, sorry. I have a three noon plays that I skipped over. Real quick uh, breakdown of these because these are easy money, Greg. This is a 3-0 and o pack right here. You can, you can book it. Uh, Clemson first half, minus 14. You know, I'm not too thrilled about the number of 14, but that's the number. Uh, easily can be up by three scores. And I like their first half team total. I'm not seeing a line yet, so obviously got to wait and see. But thinking, you know, with a first half total of 27 and a half and 14, maybe somewhere around 21 and a half. And, you know, maybe we see like a like a 21 nothing or I mean, uh, excuse me, a 21 point uh, first half total. And we see a 21 nothing, 24 nothing. 28 nothing first half out of Clemson. I think they come in here and I think they run the train. And the numbers of their past games back it up. 38, 42, 42, 31. They're averaging 38 points per game in the first half in their last four. They're 4-0 to the first half spread in their last four. And, you know, let's be real. We know Clemson doesn't play the best opponents. So when they have a chance to play a team like South Carolina, sitting at the three spot, you know, and they understand Ohio State plays a big game this week. They understand Bama plays a big game this week. want to run it up. They want to go into the playoffs hot. And I just think that as their past four games have started, they start out hot here and they win the game the first half. I really like Clemson first half and team total over here. I think that's one and one at worst. Um, But obviously, I I think it's two and oh. um, Another noon play I'm playing, going to Lexington. Give me the Kentucky Wildcats minus three at home. Against Louisville, uh, I'm not buying Louisville's past two games against Syracuse and NC State. I'm really not buying it. Give me the Kentucky, the SEC team at home, covered four out of their last five games. I believe that they win this game by at least a field goal, and I, I truthfully, I think it's by a touchdown or more. I would look potentially to toss a half unit on the alternate line. Greg, any opinions on those three before I wrap it up? Yeah, I like a lot of what you're selling on uh, Kentucky. Uh, it's a team that we saw last year also. Like, they had a historic year with Benny Snell and Josh Allen there uh, by their program standards, historic, I mean. Uh, and, and it seems like they just are picking up a lot of momentum 
uh, as a program the last couple seasons. And so those are the kinds of teams that you expect to give it their all in these kind of rivalry games week in and week out. And, uh, you know, if they win this game, they get to seven and five, which isn't what they were last year. But again, it's a Kentucky. I mean, we know Kentucky for basketball, not football. So it does seem like they're football program is just on a nice trajectory here uh which is another thing about late season you wonder like well what do the games what's what's on the line for these teams what matters well i think kentucky going above 500 which is what happens if they win this game for another season i think there's something to that for that program yeah yeah i i agree there as well and and that's why i really like the play there and i just think this is a, this is a sell high on Louisville as well, coming off yeah. of two straight games uh, of winning and covering. Now let's wrap it up. I'm going to play two plays that I cashed last week, and they will cash again. You can guarantee, you can book it. Probably will end up upgrading one of, if not both, these plays. Utah first half minus sixteen and a half. Utah full game minus twenty eight. Utah is looking to roll in this game, and they're looking to bring all their momentum into the Pac-12 because, let me tell you, they have to do some convincing, and the only way they can do convincing is running up that score uh, over 37.5 team total for the full game and over team total for the first half when that line comes out could be a potential look as well. Right now I'm playing minus 16.5 and minus 28. This is 2-0, and Greg. You, you can book it. No more needs to be said. The Utah Utes will come to play in Salt Lake City. Well, you did say no more needs to be said. I do just want to add some thoughts on this. I like it because, okay, this game takes place at 7.30 Eastern time. So the Alabama-Auburn game will be wrapping up when this game kicks off. So we already know, regardless of what happens, that Utah needs to make a statement. So you know that they're going to be coming out first half looking to get significant margin. And then secondly, if we're right about Auburn winning the game, I think then Utah, like, let's be honest, they have people that are looking at that score at halftime. There's there's no doubt in my mind. If they're up by three touchdowns, they're going to want to know what happened in Alabama-Auburn because if Alabama loses, then Utah controls its fate to get to the the college football playoff. Well, that so, game effectively, Greg, probably will end before Utah even starts, right? So they'll all know. That's my point. So, like, it might leak over to the kickoff. My point is they will absolutely know by halftime what happened in that game. And if we are right that Auburn won it, then I just think that would add to Utah's motivation in the second half. So, which means, leads me to think that the back door won't be open here for Colorado. So, just an angle that I'm looking at there. If we're right about Auburn, I think you got to like Utah here. Yeah, I, I mean, it's simple. I'm just also looking at the Utah Utes putting a button on their 10-1 and season, moving to 11-1, and and moving on to the Pac-12 championship. Regardless of if they know that Auburn wins or not, I think that they do run it up here. I mean, <laughs> just take one comparable. Excuse me before I die here. <laughs> Stay one comparable. I mean, uh, Utah, you know, they won 49-3 to against UCLA. Um, I, granted, that was at home. But then Colorado lost on the road 31-14 to UCLA. So Colorado lost to a team by 17, which Utah beat by 46. Now, I understand that doesn't always necessarily translate. But it's just worth noting, Utah has also covered, you know, They've covered six, seven, seven straight games dating back to their lo- their one loss. So after their one loss at USC, which, you know, I'm not going to pat myself on the back, but on Friday, September 20th, I was on USC that game outright uh, and the spread. But anyway, since that one loss, Utah has then rattled off not only <clears throat> seven straight wins, but seven straight covers. So nothing changes for me. Utah Utes roll first half full game. Book it. Anything to wrap us up, Matt? Uh, yeah, you know, everyone out there listening, I hope you, as always, tail our plays and, you know, just enjoy Thanksgiving, spend the time with your friends and family, and really just appreciate everything favorite, everything favorite that you have. And appreciate that your ability, you know, to, 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 to listen to this podcast of these, of these great picks from Greg and I. Favorite Thanksgiving side, 
I'm gonna have besides the sides that we're winning on gambling. <laughs> I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna go meal side and, and, and dessert. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm sorry, it's not turkey. It's ham for me as wow. as, as the entree uh, side. I, I I love I love some uh, mashed potatoes and dessert. It's honestly I'm gonna go kind of basic. Give me give me a warm give me a couple warm brownies right out the oven and, and I'll be and I'll be chilling. Good enough for me. I'm gonna go. I'm a turkey guy. Gravy stuffing, cranberry sauce, and I. You know what? That's about I, four sides, Greg. You gotta pick one, dude. Oh, you're counting gravy as a side? I don't. I don't know. I mean, I mean, are, are, is it a side? Well, okay, favorite side then is gonna be cranberry sauce. There you go. Gravy's and, not a side, uh, though. You're right. It's it's more I'm of a, not, a dress. I'm not much of a dessert guy. I'll be honest. I'll just let's, go. Yeah, let's, let's, let's wrap it up there, Greg. Let's wrap it up there before we uh, drop off half our listeners. Okay. Everybody enjoy. I'm, I'm kidding, Greg. If you got any more notes, go go for no, it. No, no, I, I really don't. I mean, I'm not much of a dessert guy. I like to double up on the dinner, uh, and I think pumpkin pie is overrated. So there's my Thanksgiving takes. Cranberry sauce is the best side. Dark meat over white meat and gravy for sure. Those yeah, the- dark meat over white meat. That's probably about minus 500. You can book that as a max play. <laughs> Matt, enjoy your holiday, uh, and everybody out there, please play responsibly. Same to you, Greg. Have a good one. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.